I like to say often, if you are looking for a change in your life, a change in your situation, uh, this message is for you. Now, don't think I have some secret. It's so simple. We'll make it too difficult, okay? But today, I believe this message is for you. If you will believe and act on it in simplicity, God will answer. And God will change situations in your life. Uh, that's the way he's giving us, okay? Now, let's please stand up. I know we'll make you sit and stand. Sit. <laughs> the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and now I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. So important. Um, God gives laws. And when we, when we think about laws, we are constantly thinking about things not to do. But God, every time he speaks, he's putting a law into existence. existence. The law of gravity, that's a law. We keep the law whether you like it or not. So when God gives you a word, it's a law. And when he gives us something, he's trying to tell us this is the way it works. If you're human, this is the way life is, spiritually and naturally. You can decide to jump from a 50-story building. Gravity will take over what's happening. You can decide to comply and do what is right. So his laws are there. So when we read scriptures, look for laws or principles. In science, they tell you laws and principles are about the same thing. So God gives us principles. In other words, he, he reveals the laws to us. And he helps, he helps us to understand this is the way things are. This is the way it works. Do this, and this is what's going to happen to you. It's a law. You can go against God's law, and you have the right to. But you pay the price for going against the principle. It's like going against gravity. But you can flow with the law, and you're blessed. We talk about one, giving. God can't go to work with you and work for you. That's your job. But he found another way to bless you. He gave another law, giving and receiving. Christians pray to God for God to pour into their lives, but they don't want to operate the law. They're crying to God, do something. God says, I gave you principles. I can't go against those principles. I'm not going to do that. No matter how hard you cry. So stay with his principles when he reveals them to us. Some of them are so simple that we ignore them. We, we just don't think they are that important. And we do these things half-heartedly. We don't really flow with it and with understanding, knowing that God's giving us something very precious. And you can flow with it and things will change. No doubt about it. Things will change. You know, I was talking to a lady in my office today and I was telling her, when Jesus said, um, a prophet is not without honor, safe in his own home, that's truth. That's the law. I've learned, I learned it the hard way. You don't preach to your children, they don't listen. Okay. <laughs> don't give them scriptures. I did it with my mom, it didn't work. It didn't. I remember talking to my oldest son. And we had Pastor West. Some of us know Pastor West. And I, he said something. I'm sure he probably misunderstood the pastor. And I, I said, son, that's wrong. And, and I tried to correct him. And he says, yeah, daddy, but Pastor West said this. And I said, yeah, are you sure? Well, if that's what he said, he's wrong. 
and, and, and this is what he's supposed to be. He looked at me, but, but Pastor West, I said, after a while I got frustrated. I said, you know, I hired Pastor West, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I discovered, he said, he's not going to listen to his daddy. So if I have something to say to him, I secretly pull Pastor West. Preach to him. That's the way to go. I don't preach to them and then tell them, go read nothing, just leave them alone. However, if they ask a question, then I know they are thinking about it. So we'll spend two hours. Because I won't let go of this opportunity. Okay. <laughs> To point to their lives. Many of us have tried. You want to save your husband. You want to save your wife. You keep preaching at them. Hey, he's not going to listen. They didn't believe his brothers. Jesus' brothers. They didn't believe in him. Do you think they didn't hear the stories? They heard. I'm sure their mother told them how he was born. It wasn't a secret. They knew it. But they won't believe. It's a law. A prophet is not without honor. Safe in his own home. Among his king's folk. You leave them alone, pray for them. Tell God to send an evangelist. And they'll come and preach the same thing to you that you've been preaching to them and you listen. And how good it was they heard it from this great man that came, man of God that came to town. Don't feel bad about it. You're part of it, okay? God has answered your prayer. That's all I'm trying to say tonight, right now, is there are principles in God's word. And when I see it, I, you get it, okay, I back up and follow through. My mom did the same thing with her. She got saved. These days when I go back, I'm so used to not preaching to them. When I go back to Africa, my brothers now, they are all in church now, and they know scriptures. And they start quoting scriptures at me and preaching. And I'm quiet as they preach. And when they get too far with it, I tell them, you guys be quiet now. I'm the real preacher here. <laughs> I'm the one that's called to preach, not you guys preaching at me. But they are all in it now. It's the beauty of the word. It's the beauty of God's word. He reaches them. Amen? So having said all of this, I want to reveal a, a, a secret to you. From the word of God. It's called persistent prayer. Prayer. Persistent prayer. Prayer. You know, if you consider prayer a Christian duty, you don't have understanding. If you think that if I spend time praying then I may be drawing closer to God, so I have to do this. You don't understand what's going on with prayer. That's not what the purpose is. It's God's way, the only means for which God can meet the needs in your life, both spiritual and natural. That's the only way he's got. And if you don't use it, he can't do anything. Please understand it. It's not I'm praying so I must be very spiritual. That's not the case. Yes, you get spiritual because you pray, because you have, you're using the avenue with which God can pour spiritual insights and powers and ability to you. But it's, you are not getting spiritual because you pray. You are getting spiritual because you're using this avenue of prayer to get what you need from God spiritually. And so if you don't pray, you get dry spiritually, not because God wants you to be dry, it's just you're not using it. You know what happens if you don't use your hand at all? God gives you your hand, don't ever use it. He gets smaller. It's something God has given to us. It's not a torture thing. Let me kneel and wake up early to pray. No, that's not what, there is, what God's looking for. He, want, he gave that to us as humans so that we can meet our needs and change situations that are bad. Satan is in the world. He's going to come against you constantly. And there is only one way for relief and release 
only through Him. And the only way God can intervene is through prayer. Your prayer is you giving Him permission to come into your situation. That's what prayer is all about. It's not as well, I, I prayed one hour today. Yeah, you prayed so what? You may have snoozed through half of it. I call it deep meditation. <laughs> it's knowing for a while. Say, hey, brother, I used to pray. Oh, yes, I'm praying. Yeah. That's not what it says. So prayer is, is for God. It's to have that release to work in your life. But notice. You can't go against gravity and it not work. Right? It do its job. It's the same way. You can't pray sincerely in your heart and God not act. That's as simple as that. That's why James tells us, you don't have because you didn't pray. That's as simple as this. He didn't say you didn't ask because you're not holy. No, you didn't ask so you didn't get it. He didn't pray. Nothing happened. It's a principle. It's a law. The more you pray, the more God has the opening to reach out to you and bless you and bless your family, bless your job, and bless everything that you're doing. In, in Proverbs 3, he says, commit your ways to the Lord, right? And he will direct your path. Tell him everything that's going on so he knows. And then that's your way of giving him permission to direct your paths. Don't go here, go here. And, and, and you may not even know he's leading you. But he's leading you. Because he has avenue through you, your opening, coming to him to pour things into your life. And as he, uh, that's according to his will. Now, uh, Romans uh, chapter 8 verse 28 he says, for all things work together for good to those who love God. Notice he didn't stop there. And to those who are called according to his purpose. So his purpose, basically when you're going to him and you're talking to him, and I'm coming to this, maybe the things are not going the way you expect. But it's not about you. He has a purpose that's higher than your purpose. And so even though you're praying and it seems like he's not answering, yeah, he's listening, but he's working something out that's better than your purpose. And you just have to trust him. That's why Proverbs 3, he says, Trust in the Lord with some of your heart, all of your heart, and don't lean on your own understanding so you don't lean but when you're praying and you're talking to him the strength and the ability to stay away from leaning on your own understanding is paralyzed so you can be free to go according to his purpose don't get too spiritual with me just do what the word says to obey is better than sacrifice First Samuel 15. To obey is better than sacrifice. Just do what the word says. Don't act spiritual. Pray. And don't yell, drawing draw attention. God knows what you're doing. He knows your heart's not in it. But sincerely ask him what you need. I'm going all over the place where does it come. Now listen. Do you remember the man that was blind? Everybody knew he was blind. But he still had to ask. He still had to ask. Jesus knew what he wanted. Don't tell me he didn't know. Everyone around him knew what he wanted. But then Jesus turned around. What do you want me to do for you? Most of us would be, huh? (laughs) You should know. No, he wanted him to voice it. That gives him permission. Or even if you don't voice it, by you coming, that's that you're indicating, I want this. Maybe you're staring at him if he's standing there and he knows, he knows what you're thinking. I wish he would just do this for me. That's why the Bible says, God, that's Ephesians 3 verse 20, 
to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask or even think. So you see, God even answers your thoughts. If the thoughts are according, they are like prayers, right? He answers them. And he goes beyond them, you see. He does exceed above, way above what you are asking. So let me tell you, this is the most powerful thing. People say prayer is powerful. When prayer is not powerful, the God that answers prayers, that's what makes prayer powerful. Why is it powerful? Because God doesn't ignore it. He doesn't ignore your prayers. God cannot ignore a sincere prayer coming from, even if he's an unbeliever. When he's crying out, God listens. You've heard testimonies before people were saved. They were in trouble and all of a sudden they they turned to God. And sometimes they want to bribe him. They tell him, God, if you you do this for me. None of you have done that, okay? (laughs) It's just the rest of us. God, if you would do this for me. And I'm going to do this. And guess what? It happens. The bad thing about it is they immediately forget. And go back doing their own thing. Listen. Scripture. Luke 18 verse 1. Then he spoke a parable to them. Now, the word parable here is God's way of revealing to us how things are both naturally and spiritually. That's a parable. He's trying to open up and he uses what we understand to explain to us how life really is. So when he says here, he spoke a parable to them, in other words, he used an illustration to help them, something they could understand, to help them understand what is really what life is all about. Notice, he spoke a parable to them to this end that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Not just men, men and women, if you're human. If you don't pray, you may get to the place where Lose heart, that word, I looked that word up. Lose heart means to give up or to giving. To give up or to giving. And be discouraged and get hopeless. He's saying prayer will keep you from giving up. Prayer will keep you, you ought, what did he say? Man ought Always, not sometimes, always. That's the medicine, if you will have it, against discouragement. Prayer is the medicine. He says, he gave them a parable. If you don't want to faint, if you don't want to get weak or get discouraged or give up or give in to something that's coming at you, spend time praying, but don't just do it sometime always pray. Man ought always, all the time to pray. And if you can do that, you will never know discouragement. Will discouragement come? Yeah, you just won't buy into it. Because you can trust God. In other words, you can enter into rest. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. When you come, you come in prayer. When you leave, no bother, you're okay. You enter into rest. You don't get discouraged, you don't give in. You're not afraid because you know your God is with you. How you know, you may not even know how. But that confidence is deposited in your heart. And sometimes God will speak to you even in the time of your prayer that you are mine. I have given you a promise. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I know things are difficult, but I'm with you. That's why David said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I still will not know fear. Why? God's with me. You're going to beat God? 
He's right there. But you won't feel that way if you don't have time with him in prayer. It's not something that we have to do, punish ourselves to make God happy and make him do something. No, he waits for us so that we can come and open the door so he can walk. Sometimes when I'm dealing with people who are demon-possessed or demonized, I've come to realize this, that these spirit beings, including God, they need our permission. The earth he has given to the sons of men. The heaven, even the heavens, they are his. But the earth he has given to the sons of men. God cannot do much here unless he goes through a man. God says, I look for a man to bridge the gap. How can I find one? So he gave himself Jesus Christ. He became a man. You know why Jesus called himself son of man more than son of God? He was son of man in Jewish language means I'm a man. I have rights here. I'm a man, just like everybody else. But he says, if you come through another door, he came through the right door, through birth. Satan is the thief. He came, he climbed him. He didn't come born into the world. He doesn't have, he's the thief. But Jesus came as a man, natural man. He came through the door. So the sheep will hear his voice. The sheep from God. Amen. Yeah. So he maintained it. I read the scripture. I would say, I just want them to know, I want you to know that the son of man, that's the man. I would have expected him to say, the son of God, right? Has right on the earth to forgive sin. But he didn't say that. He said, the son of man. I'm a man. I have rights here. A spirit doesn't have rights here. And he said, when after he rose from the dead, he said, handle me. I'm not a spirit. I got bones just like you got. I'm a man. Today, man is so blessed. We have a man sitting in the Godhead. Right there in the middle of it. And he relates to us. And he understands everything that we're going through. He's been there. He's been there. He was tempted on all sides. That God was with him. And God, he promised to us, he will always be with us. And he knows your needs even before you call. He feels your pain. Uh, Not the Bill Clinton type of pain. Some of us don't get it. (laughs) I feel your pain. God truly feels your pain. And he suffers with you. But man ought always to pray. That's the thing about prayer is so important. You know, the Bible says in uh, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse uh, 16 and 17, he first says this, a very short scripture. Rejoice, how often? Always. Pastor, I don't feel like rejoicing today. I've got troubles, you won't know. Well, what about that scripture? It says to rejoice always. But then he says, pray without ceasing. That's Men ought always to pray. Pray without ceasing. Don't stop praying. We talked about persistence in prayer. Persistence in prayer. If you are a man, you ought to pray. That's how you live on the earth. And make it. Jesus told us in Matthew 6, Pray this way, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Jesus says, who is going to oppose God's will? You? You won't experience heaven on earth until you ask for it. Jesus said, pray this way. So I've got to ask for my family. Because Satan is constantly fighting, looking for where he could find some weakness. So he can come in and cause me trouble and cause my tr- family trouble. He's always looking for opportunities to hurt me. And God's looking out. And I can see him. I don't know when he meets. But I can talk to God. And God sees everything. So I got somebody that can help me. So that's so important. Rejoice always. Why? Because I don't have anything to worry about. I pass it on to him. Come. He says, Cast your cares upon him, right? 
How do you do it? You're going to take your load of care and walk up to him. I left it here. No, by telling him. You tell him in prayer. God, I'm passing on to This is what's going on. And by the time you're through telling him, just like you tell your friends, you tell them your problems, and after you've told them, you feel a little better, right? But when you do that to God, you feel a lot better. And the pain doesn't come back. The anxiety doesn't come back because you've cast all your cares upon him. And you trust him. He says, be anxious for, for something. Be anxious for absolutely nothing. Not even your life. Don't be anxious. But for us, we like to talk about our problems, right? It seems, feel, it feels good to tell, let me tell you what's going on. You talk about that, maybe you were happy before. Have you noticed people who are happy? Tell God, it's, it's better to cry before God than to cry before man. If you cry before them, they'll pat you and they say, it's okay, I'll be praying for you. Sometimes they lie, they won't pray for you. <laughs> that's the truth. But that's all you get. But when you cry before God, you tell him what's going on. When you rise from that place, something is changed. Something is changed. I would rather tell these things to God than just call, tell people what's going on and how I'm going to be having problems. And most of the time, what you're repeating is all the fears that Satan is giving to you. As we read the scriptures in Psalm 34, David said, this man cried out to God and the Lord heard him. And then I thought, he would say, and he delivered him from all of his troubles. No, he said, he delivered, him, he delivered me from all my fears. His fears were bigger than his troubles. And Satan gives you all that's going to happen. He said, did you remember you were walking and the boss was talking about maybe we should, we should uh, let go of some of our workers. And for some reason, Satan says, you are the number one person that's going to go. You, uh, you know, he doesn't like you. And he hasn't said a word to you. And now you're afraid. You can't sleep. And maybe he was talking about another business. You have no idea. But what you heard, Satan said, you heard him right. It's you. You're going to lose your job. If you feel that way, talk to the Father. In A&M, I, I, I've shared this story here. When I came from Africa... I couldn't walk because I didn't have visa to walk. And uh, the head of department there said, um, tell that young man from Africa he's never going to get a job here. Well, I can't go to school without a job. I mean, it's thousands of dollars. And I can't bring the money from home. I, I can't believe him because he told me, I'll give you a job. And then I came and then he says, tell him no job. And I told the guy, but he told me, he says, well, look, I'm just a mouthpiece. He told me to tell you I'm delivering the message. If you have a problem, go talk to him. But he says, never, until you graduate, you know we're going to get a job. And I'm thinking, oh God, my life is over. I had my admissions in Ohio State University. They gave me uh, assistantship, but I turned it down. I wanted to be a Texan. Okay. <laughs> so I came to Texas. He says, if you want to go to Ohio, you can go. I said, but I've already rejected it. And I went to pray. And you know what, the Lord, I cried. I cried. I wrote that in my yellow page. God says, I was here before you got here. Don't worry about it. And I had my peace. Before long, the, the mouthpiece that told me what he said, he was looking for me everywhere. Uh, please come and help this student. He's failing. Teach him. I said, that's the job I'm looking for. Why are you making me do the job and you're not going to pay me? By the time the semester was I had the job. And from time he would send a memo. Hey, oh, we're going to release some of you because we got new students. They need to take your job. And so you are. But if he take, takes my job, I have nothing. And everybody, all the graduate students, they're all very worried. And, and I'm sitting in my seat in my office there, where it's common office, and saying, I'm okay. And they said, good luck, did you see the memo? I said, are you, what are you going to do? I said to them, 
I'm running a crime, a Muslim guy. I told him, he didn't give me that job, and he can't fire me. They look at you, he said the memo, I, said, I saw his memo, but he didn't give me the job. Who gave you the job then? I said, he gave me the job, and he cannot fire me. He never did. He was even paying me after I graduated. It's true. Angela, I got a baby. I had my job in Texas. I'm in a medical center. And there's still a month before that. And Angela was going to give birth to Omar. If he cuts me off, <laughs> no insurance. So I went to the guy. I said, hey, you're going to cut me off. He said, what's the matter with you, good luck? You, you think I'm an evil person? I'm not cutting you off. So I stayed without working and earned the money. And my insurance was taken care of. That's how good God is. Amen? That's how good God is. All we need to do is talk to Him. Pray without ceasing. Listen to this scripture. It says in Psalm 65 verse 2, O you, who is he talking about? God, right? Who hear prayers. To you, some flesh will come, right? Oh, it's a law. It's a law. They'll come. And if you don't come in your flesh, you'll pay the price for not coming. Can you see the principle here? This is the law. Notice when God gives it, He's not arguing with you. He's just telling you, this is the way it is. If you are flesh, if you are flesh, man ought always to what? Pray. If you are flesh, you need to come to you. you, And then he tells you his nature. He hears prayer. He hears prayer. And then he says, all flesh, we must come. That's our duty as humans. We need to go. It's not being spiritual. He's walking with the principle, the law. This is a law. And if you go, the law will not fail you. God is not a respecter of persons. Why? Because he lives by the law. The principles he's giving. Give me a look. Luke 21, verse 36. This is about prayer now. And, And for us, this is spiritual. So important. These days, we don't, there's a lot going on. And, and I, you know, I'm not the type that will say Jesus is coming tomorrow. I don't know. But he, he was clear. He says, the day and hour, nobody knows. Because he's going to take it. He, Jesus said, it will come when you, as a Christian, you're not expecting it. So when it seems like I'm so sure he will not come, maybe he's the time. But this is what he says to us. In, in, in Luke 21, verse 36, Watch therefore and pray. How often? Always. Pray always that you may be counted worthy. Not you counting yourself worthy. Your prayer and your watching, that's what's going to open the door for you to be counted worthy to escape all these things. So my prayer is what makes, me, makes it possible for me to escape these things coming at the world. If you don't pray always and you're not looking, this thing will consume you without you knowing. That's what he's saying. He says always the same thing. Luke 1, uh, it's in verse 1. Men ought always to pray. So you see principle, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let the matter be established. I don't pray to be spiritual. I pray for survival, okay? That's what it is. I have no time to tell us. I wake up and I pray. I pray for one hour, two hours. What's the meaning of that? It doesn't make any sense. I pray because he said to do it. And the good thing about it, when you do what God says, you enjoy it. You enjoy it after a while. So you pray always. 
all flesh come. He says, so that you may be counted worthy to escape. So if God doesn't count you worthy to escape, you are not escaping. I don't care how often you go to church. It's your prayer and your watching. This scripture, that's law. That's what's going to make it happen. We read scripture so fast, we don't spend time to think. These are laws. Not thou shalt not. These are laws. It's what he tells us, we do it. If you love me, you will keep my sayings. In Matthew uh, chapter 5, 6 and 7, Jesus spoke to us a lot. It's almost like law. Almost like giving the commandments. You have heard that it has been said, right? But at the end of it, he says, everyone who hears this, he didn't say, Lord, these sayings of mine, and you do them, I will consider you a wise man. So when you're not doing what he says, you're not wise. You're, not, you're being foolish when you don't do what he says. You don't do it to appear spiritual. You do it because you got it. And you're wise. And you do what he says. Jesus wanted us to ask and he encouraged us to ask him and assured us that the Father will actually hear us when we pray. And he says, scripture, this scripture is so important to me. Um, uh, John chapter 16, again, notice there's a scripture, I believe in Corinthians. Paul said, what a view that you didn't receive. What a view that you didn't receive. Your looks, your hair, your car. When he says, what a view that you didn't receive, it was given to you. Even if you think, I worked hard for it. No, you didn't. God gave it to you. According to the scriptures. So if you received it from God, don't stop asking. Right? Because everything you have, you receive from God. So you ask from God. Jesus said this in uh, Luke's, uh, John chapter 16. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. What day are we talking about? We're living in the day. This is the day he was talking about. In that day, you ask me nothing. Most assuredly, he said, most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will what? He will give it to you. I trust that he told me the truth. And that he can't lie. When I'm having trouble trusting what God says, I'm not going to tell you either. Sometimes we claim that we have faith, but we're struggling inside. I've been there when I'm struggling because I know what I see in the natural, and I know what God says. And I'm struggling. And I'm praying. Because I want to line up with what the Word says. That's what Jesus said in Matthew 13. He says, when you gain understanding, when you hear the word and you gain understanding, then you turn. And then he said, then I shall heal them. Meaning, when you gain understanding, slowly but surely, as you stay with the word, you begin to position yourself to receive the blessing. That's the word he used. Lest they understand with your heart and turn. And I shall heal them. Once you've corrected the error and you line up, you got it. This, the moon has no light of its own. It reflects the sun. And, and the amount of moon you see, the light depends on how the moon orients itself against the sun. So when you position yourself well, you shine. Positioning yourself depends on what you do with the word. It works for everybody. That's why God is not a respecter of persons. If you position yourself, even if you were yesterday a witch doctor, now you are positioning yourself well, you'll be okay. He's not going to say, I can't do that for you because you were a witch doctor. No. He positioned himself according to what he understood from the word. That's what it is. You see, I said it here, I can see a man doing some great stuff. 
I go to Benny Hinn's crusades those days. I don't go to watch the people healed. All I'm thinking is, how did you get here, Benny? Tell me what you did. So I can position myself just like you did. Give me the secret. Don't preach all this stuff for me. It tell me, if I can look, get him in a room, I'll tie that fellow down. Give me what you did. Let me know what you did. And if I'm not willing to pay the sacrifice, then I know I can let this go. But if you pay the same sacrifice, God is obligated to do his work. That's why I tell people, God is not obligated to uh, fulfill your opinion. But that's the way I feel. Well, if it doesn't line with scriptures, forget how you feel. God's not going to endorse your feeling. He endorses his word alone. Because if he does what you think and what you believe, then he abandons his word. And God and his word are one and the same. He can't do that. He will not be God just because he feels, he feels sorry for you and then go around his word and bless you contrary to his word. Then he's no longer God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So if he does something different from his word, he couldn't be the same God. So he's not going to do that unless you line up with the word. You can cry all you want, and I've been there, I cried, and beg, oh, you can beg. He says, trust my word. That's the important thing. You got to trust the word. So he says it to us. Whatever we ask, he'll give it to you. The father will give it. I struggle with that. Are you sure, God, is he going to really give it to me? I tell you what, you know, I guess my wife was telling me before we bought this building, and uh, she said, you always preach faith. Now uh, we need to believe God uh, for, for these 10 acres. And we were in the other building. And in my mind, based on what I knew the finances, she didn't know nothing what was coming, what was coming in, but I knew the finances. And I said to myself, there is no way we can pay for that. And she says, well, we got to bite him. She could tell that I wasn't agreeing with her. And she says, but you always preach faith. Now it's time for you to believe and now you're ducking. I was very irritated by that. And I said to her, there is faith, there is foolishness, and there is presumption. <laughs> and now you're kicking me to walk on presumption and I'm not going there. And then after I left... The Lord started talking to me. Are you sure about this? So I started praying. And then the next thing, I said, oh yes, we're going to buy the place. Amen. And then for them, we won't look back anymore. Because I have to spend time with God in praying. And now I feel, yeah, he's big, but God can do it. But you got to have the title deed inside of you. And then you step and don't look back. So God will give it. Until now, he said, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask. Notice what it says. Ask that you may receive. Ask that you may receive. Ask and you will receive. Ask and what? You will receive. Why? That your joy may be full. You remember the scripture? Rejoice always, right? Pray without ceasing. You see, they are connected. God wants your needs met so that you have nothing to worry about. But you have to ask. In recent time, I've seen God work in a situation I can't go into the detail. It's, to me, it was amazing. I've seen God do things. But this was really serious. It very quickly God turned that situation up. You know, you can be praying for yourself, but when you're praying for somebody else in a very tight situation and you have no control except to speak when you know they are not listening because they are deep into their situation, but to see God just turn that situation around where the person also recognizes it's God is doing it. I can understand. I can see it. That's an amazing thing. But by crying out to God, telling him, because God 
will confirm his word with signs following. God will confirm his word. He says the Lord walking with them, confirming the word with signs following. God does that. It will always do that. The reason you don't have, James gave it to us. You're not asking. And then many times when we ask, we're in doubt. Will God really do this for me? You can ask anything from God. What God doesn't want is whatever you're asking when he gives it to you. Uh, let me put it this way. You can own a Cadillac or a Rolls Royce. God doesn't care what you want. You can pray for a Rolls Royce. But what he doesn't want, is doesn't want the Rolls Royce owning you. That's the problem. You can have a big house. He wants you to have. Deuteronomy 8, it says, after you have built these beautiful houses. Notice he, God didn't even stop with one. Read it. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Read through the chapter. It's, God says, don't forget me. Build these beautiful houses, but don't forget me. Just, that's all I'm asking. Don't forget me. I gave them to you. He wants you to have beautiful houses. But when your motive is not right, you can hardly ask in faith. Because you know your heart is not right. And so there is no faith. You're not, you know you can't be sincere in your prayer because you know why you're doing it. You want to show off. And God knows it. And you know it. And you know he sees it. So you can't have faith. And well, I pray God didn't answer because you know your heart wasn't right. I, I can admit I was struggling. Okay? But if there is perfect faith, God will do it. If it's a real need and it's burning, cry out to him. He will answer. If it's hurting you, God doesn't want that. Cry out to him. He will answer. He won't answer in the way you want him to. But he will answer it. He'll come through for you. I got to stop here tonight. Because I will continue. I want to show from scriptures. You know, sometimes you give him principle. But they lived it in the Old Testament. And in the New. So we can see how God dealt with them. And how he will deal with us. One of the individuals that I always go back to in scriptures. I always think about the life of Joseph. I wish I could be like that man. He never complained. He never complained. You can't read anywhere that he was complaining about anything. Even though things were going badly for him. If you read living in Potiphar's house, Potiphar possibly didn't even know why he was sold. He never said a word. No complaint. He just lived his life like nothing happened. Did he miss his brothers? Oh, yes. Did he miss his father? Yes. He never asked to go back. Right? He never said, you know, uh, Potiphar, uh, I'm your, you like me now, but you know, I got a father somewhere. Can you just let me go see my father? No. He never asked. He submitted to the thing. Maybe he knew God was working somewhere. I don't know. But I know that he never asked. When the woman lied against him, he never said a word. Sometimes I read, I'm sure, you know, the woman probably was alive when he became prime minister. And I'm sure she can't, they may be standing in the same room and she's thinking, I don't want to be here in the presence of Joseph. And Joseph's looking at her and he said, I lied. He could take my life now, but he's doing nothing. And probably never said anything to her husband. But he knew. Right? That's the nature of a man who really, the thing about Joseph is not everything I've said, character, he trusted his God to handle everything. And that's why you hear this refrain, but the Lord was with Joseph. That was all. You can't, he can't be with you, your attitude is bad. But he created an atmosphere for God to always be around him. And in his presence is what? Fullness of joy. And pleasures forever. Stand up with me tonight. So I started by saying, God's shown you and me something tonight. 
take advantage of it. If you've never spent time praying, ask. Do it. Even while you are, you know, you don't have to kneel. Jesus said, when you stand praying, right? That's the spiritual way. Sometimes we think we have to kneel. In your bed, even if you can't talk, pray in your head. He hears it. Things will begin to happen. That's how we create change, because he's with us. I pray that God will show you that and make you do that. Don't try to change your problems. You can't. You're a man. You can't make it happen. You can't, and stop trying to change people. Change yourself first by praying. He can't change anybody. They, when you do it, you are practicing manipulation and witchcraft. Change yourself and God will change them. After God has changed you, they say, God, are you okay with me? Why don't you try with him? <laughs> All right? And he says, okay. I'll show you, okay? But don't try to change them. Lift your hands up to the Lord tonight and thank Him. I pray, I know that the Holy Spirit has spoken to you more than what you heard from me tonight. But the key is not to hear, is the one who practices the Word. Don't be a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the Word. And you, according to the Scriptures, this man is blessed. So do what the word says. And if you do it because you heard tonight, then you have really honored God. And when you do it immediately, God knows you heard heard from him. And once you do that, he will make sure he doesn't fail you. Because he wants you to continue to do that. God bless your people tonight. We are here in your presence. What an awesome God we serve. God, you have revealed yourself to us. You have revealed and shown us light. We have God in our lives. You have not condemned us. Because that's not the reason you came to the world. You came to save that which was lost. To find and to save. Thank you for everyone hearing my voice tonight. Lord, let us have hope in you. That situations can change. Situations can get better. That you will share our prayers. Because you promised to. Be with your people tonight. Let change begin in every life tonight. Change for the better. Bless your people according to your word. For we are truly the Israel of God. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you.